Welcome to Volunteer Connection, a podcast for Girl Scout volunteers, parents, and Girl Scouts of all ages. I'm your host, Sarah, coming to you from sunny Arizona. This is the first ever podcast of its kind. We're bringing you interviews with Girl Scout volunteers from across the country and even the world conversations with high-achieving girls who set big goals and crushed them, and panel discussions and debates about the latest news and information related to girls and Girl Scouting. All right, we're live. Okay, so let's start with an introduction. So who are you, where are you from, and what council, and how are you involved in Girl Scouts? Okay, I'm Kate, and I am in here. I've done it for two full years now. We're beginning our third year since my daughter was, she did kindergarten, first grade, Daisy, and now she's a brownie. Um, we are in New Mexico Trails. Yay, New Mexico, land of enchantment. And our service unit is Desert Rose, which I love and adore. Um, I forgot to answer your question. Oh, that's it. Um, okay, so what... How many grade levels are in your troop and how large is it? Okay, that fluctuates. This year we have first, second, third. Last year we had kicker, first, second, third, fourth, and sixth. Um, we have wow. one foster parent, and so when she has daughters or foster daughters, they join us. Okay. okay. But they have moved on, and so now we're back down to um, Daisy's and Brownie. Gotcha. Um, were you a Girl Scout as a child or growing up, and for how long? I was not a Girl Scout. I grew up in very extreme poverty, and Girl Scouts was so far outside of the realm of possibility for us that it was, I was very jealous of little girls who got to be Girl Scouts. So I was determined, when I found out that I was my second child was a girl, I was like, oh, she's like a Girl Scout today, like day of birth, <laughs> let's look it up. <laughs> I love that. So, um, how, how did you get involved as a volunteer, I guess, then as a follow-up? Um, I think you said you, she started in kindergarten. So, did you go seek it out? How did that happen? Yeah. This is my favorite story. So, her kindergarten year, I was like, I'm going to join the PTA. I'm going to sign up for Girl Scouts, just drop off for meetings, pick her up. Um, PTA did not need my help that year. And we went to an international meeting, my friend Philomena and I, who is now my co-leader, one of them. Um, and we couldn't get any information about Girl Scouts. I finally ended up calling our council's um, information number, and they're like, oh, yeah, we've got a couple of places you could go. One of them is on the west side of, of Albuquerque. We're just outside of Albuquerque. But they meet 6.30 Monday evening. So I was like, whoa, that's way too late for my five-year-old. That is not going to work for us. They're like, okay, well, the other option is in your town. It's a different school, but you'd have to sign up an assistant leader. And I was like, well, if I'm going to be a co-leader, I'd rather just be the leader yeah. and start my own group. You know what I mean? And she was like, yeah, totally. I've got those forms off to you already. And I was like, oh, I just volunteered. That's what just happened. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to be a leader. And then I proceeded um, to give big fat hints and bribes and guilt trip Philomena at the bus stop until she finally volunteered to be a co-leader. Love it. <laughs> That's great. Okay, so why do you continue to come back? What makes you come back year after year? First and foremost, it's the girls. I really love children. 
I have a few charts for children. Um, I really, really, really want this to be a good experience for them and for the parents. And second of all, for the camaraderie. We don't have friends or family in this town. It's just me and my husband and my two kids. My husband is an archaeologist, so he's out of town a lot. So knowing that I have these parents who will meet me for coffee and stay for six hours talking about Girl Scout stuff really brightens my life. That's great. So what is one of your proudest moments as a Girl Scout volunteer? Oh. Okay, this one hurts my heart, but it's beautiful. Um, I'm bracing myself. Last December, she was not a Girl Scout. She was a first grader, like most of our girls in the troop. There was a little girl in our school who was killed in the car smash right before Christmas. And it really hit our scouts because they all knew her. They were all her age, almost all of them. One of the little girls sat right next to her in school and on the bus, and she was just struggling. She just could not get past still. She's still struggling, as she should. This, this is a huge impact for an adult, let alone a six-year-old child. Yeah. And she really wanted to do something in that little girl's name. And as a troop, we chose to spend cookie money on books. And we bought stickers and put them in the books. And we donated the books to two different schools in our community. And it said in honor of Perla so that she will live forever. And the girls decided to protect Perla's memory as their natural resource. That was, that was their choice. So wow. they will forever protect her memory. That gives me chills. I think so too for little girls to think of this, yeah. and, and, and we helped it evolve as adults do. But this was girl led, and it just to this day hits my heart. Yeah, and I just think too when girls that are as young as first grade have that kind of an experience with that's supported by adults that they trust, and they're you know encouraged to pursue a project like that. Just think of how that's shaping their perspective of what kind of impact they can make on the world. I mean, so I absolutely agree. Yeah, that's incredible. I love it. Um, I mean, very sad story, but also, like you said, I mean, that's a great, great example of a proud moment. I love that. Um, okay, so on a happier note, what's one of the coolest adventures or experiences you and your troop have done? <laughs> We've done horseback riding twice now. Um, and one of the little girls last year, summer of 2017, got near the horse, and the water made her sick to her stomach. And the woman who, who trains the horses is not the best with kids. And she told this little girl, who was just as spicy as could be, don't you throw up over here, you go over there. And the little girl died and was like, mm -hmm. she walked to the fence, threw up, and then walked back to the horses, and she clapped her hands. She said, okay, ready to ride. Wow, good for her. <laughs> okay, here we go. That's cool. <laughs> it was um, so funny. <laughs> but good for her. That's, you know, that's empowering. She's a very, yes, she's a strong little girl. Oh, good. Um, so Girl Scouts isn't just to help girls grow, it's also to help adults grow too. That's one of my favorite parts of Girl Scouts. Um, so especially for someone who didn't have a chance to be a Girl Scout as a kid and who had some Girl Scout envy as a kid, what is one way you've been impacted or changed through this experience of getting to volunteer with Girl Scouts? 
Oh gosh, I found so much. I, when I first started, I was convinced I would just convince, I would talk Philomena into taking over the troop and I would take a back seat. And now I protect it like crazy because it means so much to me. Yeah. I want these little girls. I, I hate this toast, first of all. And I hate the impositions that are put on girls so young. And I just want them to stare those down and say no. But I'm still getting that. I, I'm seriously independent. And last year we were buying a house and it wasn't going very smoothly. And we were living in motels and inns and camping sometimes. And we just kept expecting it to finish. And it went on and on and on. And our cookie mom learned that we still were not in the home. And she was like, oh, no. Mm -mm. And she loaned us her camper. I Aww. was in a way that this like $60,000 camper, she was just like, yep, this is where you're going to stay until your house is finalized. And that's where we stayed. She just, wow. and she's not the only one. These women are so trusting and generous and compassionate. And they blow me out of the water every day. I, we thought we were going to have to change our troops dynamics and meet later at a different place. And we had two brand new moms say, well, how about we help lead the troop? Like, seriously, they just volunteered, which was so much more than I did initially. I am yeah. so impressed with these women and they're so much better than me. And I'm still learning how to be, you know, a good Girl Scout and a good person. And they have everything to me. That's awesome. That's one of the things that I think one of the other things that I think is the best thing about Girl Scouts is I agree with you completely. I feel like it's the kind of community that reminds me of who it is I want to be in the world and um, surrounding myself with people that, as you said, people that sometimes I just can't help but feel like, God, you're so much better than me. And yeah. <laughs> that's the kind of people, yeah. those are the kind of people I want to surround myself with. That's the kind me of too. I need yeah. to push yeah. myself to be who I want to be. And I think that's pretty amazing. I don't, I can't think of a single other organization that has had that kind of an impact on my life. No, I can't either. Or where I feel refreshed after an event instead of drained. Yeah, no matter how much work and effort you put into it. It's yeah. like you can bend over backwards to put something together and then after it happens, you're just like, that was so worth it. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Okay, so what has been the biggest challenge for you as a troop leader? I, I am guilty of, I don't have the, the Girl Scout sense yet, I don't think. Um, and my girls love Girl Scouts, I think, I hope. I mean, they keep coming back, and they seem to. That's but a good sign. <laughs> a great club, but a club is not what's going to keep these girls active as cadets or higher. I don't think I have the Girl Scout culture now. Um, the ceremonies I struggle with, the songs. Dude, I've got like two songs, and that's it. And I keep trying to learn them, and I get in front of the girls, and then I forget them. And those things are really, really important because that's what makes it long-living. That's what makes it still thriving after over 100 years. Yeah. And I think about my sorority and why I paid that money to be in my sorority and why it's still meaningful to me. And it wasn't the meetings or the events, it was all of the deep-rooted sense of community that I got from the ceremonies, from the words, from the songs, from yeah. those long-standing traditions. So I'm still yeah. struggling with that. Yeah, I, um, I can relate a lot to what you're saying. I was a Girl Scout as a kid, 
And it is so funny to me when I hear like at events or something, I'm across the country from where I was. It's been 25 years since I was a kid in girl joining Girl Scouts. And um, I hear them singing the same songs. And I think that's so crazy to me. And likewise, in my sorority, I remember um, I had the opportunity to hold a role, a leadership role that connected our alums and our history. And I so I was going through old oh pictures on um, people's social media accounts. I was just digging through, um, kind of essentially Facebook stalking people who came <laughs> sorority, and um, you know people who didn't even probably have Facebook when they were in college, but they had scanned in sorority oh, yes. or whatever, and finding those and being able to recognize what ceremony, what event, what that they were in in the photo because we're still doing it, you know, and how crazy yeah. experience that was. I think yeah. you're really onto something about that keeping girls, you know, keeping this community closely knit and, and influencing girls to stay. But um, I think too, sometimes people who have been Girl Scouts their whole lives, you know, the volunteers who have been with Girl Scouts for 60 years and they are really holding those traditions together and that's so important but I think sometimes too they put so much pressure on newer volunteers about coming into that community and embracing those traditions that sometimes it makes us feel like yeah I'm not doing enough or is this good yeah. enough or anything that's something we can all probably relate to on some level yeah. of you know I always feel inadequate I feel inadequate at the monthly SU meetings, and it's not because my service unit is alienating us. I just, I don't know what they're talking about half the time, and I am far too pusillanimous to raise my hand and say, I don't know what we're talking about. I need some help. Uh, uh, I, um, one, sorry. No, no, no. It's just, it's tough to be, I mean, I still feel like an outsider, and I've done it for two years. Yeah. And I read all the books, and I, I go to the websites, and it's still tough. There's a lot of information out there. That's one of the reasons I think this podcast could be really cool for connecting volunteers with each other with a bunch of different levels of experience and um, being able to hear just another resource, but, you know, audio to audio of people's experiences and different things that they're involved in. I think that's really a cool aspect of this. So it's exciting. I know I'm excited about it. I can't wait to listen to everybody else's perspective and to gain some insight and some advice that I'm sure I need. <laughs> we all do. Okay, so if you could talk, speaking of advice, if you could talk to the version of you when you were just starting out your troop, what do you wish you could tell yourself? Oh, gosh. Um, to plan more activities more field trips, not to be so scared of field trips. Yeah. And to get the outdoor core camping training over with because it's not going to go away. I think that's, I think that's it. I don't know. I'm still learning. I'm still making so many mistakes. <laughs> um, I wish sometimes that we were the kind of troop that branched off where daisies go do their thing and brownies go do their thing, mm -hmm. but we're not. We all stay together and we do all of our work together. And sometimes I wonder if I could go back and start over and do it like that. Daisy's yeah. in one group and brownies in one group. I wonder if it would be easier or if it would be more challenging to find volunteers who will be there, who can be there, 
and can plan that. I don't know. That's but a that's hard line to walk. Give it a try, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, that's something that we're struggling with. So um, when our girls were a little bit younger, we had daisies and brownies as well, and we did everything together. And um, we would read the petal stories on occasion together, um, but mainly our daisies did all the brownie badge work. They just didn't get brownie badges, obviously. Um, and that's, that was okay at that age. The daisies just needed a little bit more help with science experiments or something like that. Um, but now that we have older girls, half of our troop is in fifth grade. And oh. the things that they're dealing with, and then our youngest girls are in second, just became brownies. So um, the things that our fifth graders are dealing with as they're starting to think about middle school and the different peer pressures that they're under, that's so different from what a second grader's mindset is. And so now we're yeah. having to do a lot more um, branching off. And it's definitely, that's something that I agree with you. I, I would love to, um, hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to some volunteers who have mastered the multi-level troop because I definitely could use some help in that area. What, how do you do it? How, I mean, I don't know. Um, how do we do it? Is that what you said? Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, so last year we had... Daisies, brownies, a junior, and a cadet. And we took turns. So this meeting would be for daisies, this meeting brownies, this meeting juniors, this meeting cadet. It took us forever to finish anything. And I was like, this is not working. So we're going to start at the highest level and focus on them. And then all the other stuff should coincide, basically. And that kind of worked. This year, I have started sending home homework if we miss a meeting. Um, which is going to happen. There are only three of us who can meet at the schools right now. Our school system has set in place only district employees can meet at school from four to six. Oh, okay. So that took out a lot of our volunteers because most of our volunteers, are they don't have that level of a background check, which was very inconvenient for us. So one of the, the, and I work at a different school than we meet at, and it takes me 12 minutes to get there if I rush just a little bit too much. So I can't, you know, only you have to have two leaders with the girls at all times. If one leader cancels, then we have to cancel the whole meeting, Yeah. which we're flexible with. I really don't believe that Girl Scouts should ever be stressful or at least as least stressful as possible on the yeah. I try really <laughs> hard to said than done. We've got cookie sales to be stressed about. We don't need to be stressed yeah. about me. I totally agree. Uh, so sending them homework, I think, will help. We just started this. And then they can work a little bit on their own. And then when we come together, in theory, we can do all of the steps of the daisies. And then maybe I'll send home. I don't know. I'm still working it out. Help. I'm sitting on this list. Maybe we can send home extra work for the brownies or start the meeting off intensively with brownies and then finish it up with daisy work. We, we've got a lot of models to work through. I suspect 92% of them will fail. That's, that's some data that I took last year. 92% of my ideas were not successful last year, but 8% were. <laughs> oh, that's good data to have, I guess. I am very data-driven. How large is your troop? We have 12 girls, and we tend to stay between 11 and 14. Yeah, same. Okay. Um, 
Okay, so this is kind of similar to maybe to the, what you would say to yourself, but what advice would you give brand new troop leaders who are just starting out right now? Find a mentor. I have a wonderful mentor. Um, River Valley has really good advice. And get on all of the Facebook groups. Find the one that works for you. Some of them can be kind of unpleasant if your uniforms are wrong or if your canoe fitting is wrong or, you know... But most, for the most part, I think people really want to help and are willing to give you ideas. Yeah. So on that same note, what is one of your favorite or one of the best resources for you um, or one of your go-to resources that you use to run your troop? I really like River Valley. The they have a lot online and they have whole entire plans online and it just I really like that resource, and they make it available to everyone, even if you're not in their service unit, which just blows my mind. I also like the Facebook leader chat, um, and I am not above emailing people. I, there's a, a friendly acquaintance <laughs> I have. Their troop is a, a little bit younger than ours, but wildly successful, and I email her sometimes because she's often as lost as I am, and she'll find answers where I can't or vice versa. I will email um, our service students. I think that they really try to be helpful, and they can't always. You know, they have their own jobs. I just am a greasy, I mean, I'm the, I'm the squeaky wheel that gets the grease. I love it. Um, so about your mentor, how did you how did you find a mentor? Is it just somebody that you admired and created a relationship with yourself? Or do you have some kind of mentor program in your service unit or your council? It was both. We were getting mentors that night. The service unit set it up. I don't know if they're still doing it or if it just sort of fizzled out. But they suggested it, I think, because of the, the friend whose troop started around the same time as ours. And hers was more successful. But she was just done with not knowing the answers. She's a lot more type A than I am. I'm a type B personality. She's type A. So they're like, well, what if we do mentors for the newer troops? If you're six months or younger, we'll get you a mentor. She was like, yes. Well, then there was this woman in the parking lot. And she had all these answers. And she was talking to her kids the same way I talked to my kids. And she was really nice to my cookie mom. And I was like, hey, will you be my mentor? And she said, yes, absolutely. And I was like, ah, thank you. What's your name? And she said, Carla, what's your name? And I said, Kate. Perfect. So kind of both. Like they originally were going to pair me with someone else, but I picked my own. I like it. Uh, that's awesome. That's really cool that they were trying to start that program. I wonder if other people found the same kind of success that you did or if they're still doing it. I don't think my service unit really has anything like that. I really wish all service units had it. And I wish that they hit it, hit it hard because I think a big problem with getting new leaders is that we don't most, human beings don't really want to set ourselves up for failure. We just yeah. don't really like to fail. It's not our thing, especially Americans. They're like, no, I would really like to succeed. And if you don't know what's going on or how all the rules or how to do the hand motions to 40 years on an iceberg or anything, you're like, no, mm -mm, I'll just give money. Let me just give some money. Yeah. But I really think a successful mentorship program could change that. It's not so scary if you're going in with someone and they're like, whoa, that's a bad idea. Don't do that. I tried that one year. Don't do that. Do this instead. Totally. Why should we all have to recreate the wheel each time? If somebody's figured yeah. something out already that does or doesn't work, then that just benefits yeah. us. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And even things as simple as like our caper chart was one of those 
science boards, you know, science fair boards, and it was beautiful. But we live in New Mexico, and it's very windy here, and that was a bad idea because it kept getting broken or a blow away. And then my co-leader developed a little caper chart that is a folder. That was brilliant. That's, that's my one teeny tiny piece of advice to new leaders in this area. Just use a folder. It's simple. You can still have the fix. And it's not going to blow away or hit you in the face when you're going into the school or the church or wherever you're meeting. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, the wind has been a thing that messes with some of my Pinteresty level crafts as well. I'm like, what? <laughs> this wasn't yeah. on my Pinterest board. I want to know where these people are living, where they can have these massive balloon bouquets at cookie season. And we're over here like... The wind is hitting us so hard, the balloons are at our feet. Still yeah. helium in them, but they're banging at our feet. Where do you women live that you can do that? I'm so jealous. Yeah, we um, tried balloons at a booth one time, and they blew away. And then, of course, we don't want to like, litter or anything like that. So, no, yeah. You know, and also... <laughs> sad like one of the girls is in the middle of talking to a customer and, and asking them to buy cookies and talking to them about the flavors and then a balloon just blows away and takes away the whole you know everybody's situation never did it again that's fine <laughs> so yeah i don't understand the balloons at booths either i don't know how people do it it's cool it looks really pretty but i it is i love it so much I was foolish enough last year to find this gorgeous pin on Facebook. It was by the beach, and it was all beach-themed, and our, our troop's crest is the Nautilus, so we go with the beach theme. And I was like, this is fantastic. No, it was the stupidest thing I've ever done. The wind in New Mexico was ridiculous last year. It's ridiculous every year, it, this year in February. And it knocked over our little palm tree, which had like 15 pounds of cement. Oh and then, God. of course, that traumatized one of the little girls. She was like, our palm tree broke! Like, oh, dude, no. you weren't even the one who stayed up last night to paint that palm tree. Oh, no. I just, sometimes being realistic is so challenging, even for adults. I agree. Yes. So what advice would you give somebody who's considering volunteering for Girl Scouts? Maybe they have a girl that they'd like to enroll in Girl Scouts and there isn't a troop that already exists, that kind of works for them, but they're not crazy about the idea of volunteering. What advice do you have for them? Okay, first of all, an hour a week is a big fat lie. So expect it to be more than an hour a week, especially the first year. Second of all, go to every single event you possibly can, no matter how big of a pain it is, because the more events you go to, the more you see other leaders with their troops and you get an understanding of how to run the troops how to get the troop attention, how to, how to maneuver troop culture in all the myriad of little ways that are not in those books. Third of all, don't stress too much about buying supplies or not having any money. There's a lot of stuff that can be done for free or for really cheap. Get some chalk and do half those lessons with chalk outside at the school or the church or the VFA or wherever you're meeting. Because who doesn't like little girls drawing the chalk? I mean, that's just challenge. That's adorable. <laughs> I don't regret at all volunteering. I don't regret it when my daughter and the cookie, the cookie mom's daughters are the only ones showing up for cookie booths because everybody else is busy. I don't regret it when I have to go through the leader training again. I don't regret it at all, and I was not enthusiastic about it. And 
I kind of am not an enthusiastic human being, so if I can be happy doing this, you can be happy doing this. I love that, and I totally agree. Find us online, www.girlscoutpodcast.com. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash girlscoutpodcast, and even Instagram at girlscoutpodcast. Are you or is someone you know interested in being on the show? We'd love to have you. Go to our Facebook page to learn more about how. Facebook.com slash Girl Scout Podcast. This show and the entirety of its online presence is in no way affiliated with or endorsed by GSUSA. This podcast was completely created and developed by volunteers and girls. Don't forget to hit subscribe. We have a ton of great content coming soon.